few years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome in to Utah's World Podcast. Hey, we promised you guys that uh, we will be doing two a week. So this is uh, part one of this week. It'll be, look, it'll be a short, there'll be shorter episodes. We're not going to go for an hour at a time. We'll go, we'll try at least go for roughly half an hour at the start of the week. This week, we'll be talking about USC. And then as the days go on, assuming they play this upcoming weekend, then we will, uh, we'll be kind of previewing uh, the opponents. Um, and this week, it's, Kind of undecided, but hopefully we get more clarity over the coming days. He's Steve Bartle. My name's Tom Hackett. This podcast, by the way, brought to you by Nate Wade Subaru, 1207 South Main Street. Tell them we say good day. Um, and uh, and that we like them a lot, and that you guys will too if you go down there. Steve, what's up, man? Hey, you've had a rough day, you were saying, prior to uh, me clicking record. It's It's been rough, man. It's been, been a very difficult day for me. A lot of things I had hope in are uh, just... Just losing, just just not having a good day, man. It's been rough. It's been a terrible one. It's just you know I'm excited to podcast with you, Tom. Hopefully, you bring great tidings of good joy or whatever the saying is, because I need it. I did have myself a nice little pulled pork grilled cheese sandwich, and uh, that was phenomenal. That cheered me up real quick. But now the uh, you know the the glory of that sandwich is gone, and now the sads are sinking in. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I. I guess we need to talk about it. By the way, a pulled pork sandwich right now sounds bloody delightful. Oh, oh my goodness. Let me had... tell you, bro. Yeah. Ooh-hoo. Wow. Uh, <laughs> was that Kendra's work, or, or where'd you pull that No. From? No. I wish Kendra could make a sandwich like that. I mean, she can, but she just chooses not to. She has great potential, but she just doesn't live up to it sometimes. But, mm. um, but uh... <laughs> no, she's not... <laughs> She's still trying to figure out what hard work really entails yeah. by the sound. Yeah, story. you know, she's yeah. just she's she's a freshman in the game. She's trying to figure things out as we go. But uh but anyways, um yeah, where were we going with that, Tom? I asked you I asked you where that where you got that R and R or was it R and R? No, it was uh it was Caroline's uh or no, Charlotte Rose's Carolina barbecue. Oh you can find it at Mill Creek. Nice, okay. Very 30, cool. Thirty three hundred South. I think is what it was. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, well, uh, I'm happy you, you you were able to indulge. Um, we have a fair, bit, we do have a fair bit to talk about. Um, yes. And look, if we're if we're trying to cram it into a, a 30 minute piece, then then we better get started. So, um, I guess we'll start with with the big news, right? And and we're allowed to talk about it now because uh, somebody else has put it out into the public. I I wouldn't dare. Uh, do neither. it myself, and I know Steve, Ooh. you wouldn't. I, I just thought there's no way I'm touching this news. Uh, but Spence Checkett is uh, is reporting that uh, Cam Rising has a torn labrum, um, which is a significant injury. It essentially means he's out for the year. It probably means he's out, if if true. Granted, that he's also going to be out for spring. Um, uh, and my, I haven't, I haven't followed up with uh, my sources, so I, I, I cannot confirm that news, Steve. I don't know about yourself if you want to kind of add anything to that, but um, that's what Spence is is reporting. What do you say? No, I'm right there with you. Like that's pretty pretty brave of uh, Spence Chickets, and uh, I'm going to uh, play it safe. Well, there is there's a press conference tomorrow. It was already scheduled to, uh, you know, the media availability typically is on Monday. Um, for whatever reason, they decided to uh, to uh, schedule it for tomorrow, which is Tuesday. Uh, and so, you know, if it is something that serious um, and just considering the uh, condensed season in which we're dealing with, 
Um, you know, I would expect that to kind of be treated as a season ending injury. And typically, you know, Whittingham uh, will, will share that, that information and confirm that for us. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll find out for sure tomorrow, I would expect uh, yep. a little bit more about Cameron Rising's situation, but, uh, but yeah, definitely not good and not what you want to want to see in game one. No, and, and we're talking about a kid, you know, to remind everybody out there, you know, this kid's been, he's been through a bit already. Um, Man. You know, obviously committed to Texas out of high school, um, wasn't able to, to win the job there and spent a handful of years, a couple of years there before transferring to Utah, but wasn't graduated. So, of course, he had to sit out last year. And then, uh, of course, Jake Bentley came came to Utah during the offseason, was dubbed a captain. Many assumed he was going to be the starting quarterback. Can beat him out and um, got a handful of series against USC in the first game of 2020. Uh, made a couple of really nice throws. Look, there were mistakes. Uh, he did yeah. throw a pick. Um, he kind of throw, tried to throw a, a screen pass, pretty simple screen pass, albeit, mm-hmm. to Ty Jordan. Uh, but he threw it off his back foot, which is something we should probably uh, talk about a bit more because I have uh, questions, kind of theories, if you will, as to why that ball was thrown off his back foot. And essentially, he overthrew Ty Jordan, who's uh, not the biggest of guys, but he was pretty, o- he was pretty open uh, into the laps of uh, a US- USC defensive lineman. So... Um, uh, it wasn't all roses for uh, Cam Rising in the, in the handful of series that he was given. But, boy, I tell you, there was one play, uh, Steve, you were at the game. There was one play where he rolled to his right at, I believe, third down, third and long, two, third and ten, I want to say, uh, and he threw a pass to Cole Fotheringham right there on the, su- the USC sideline, uh, mm-hmm. and, and Cole came down with it. Uh, and that, that play, I remember watching that play going, oh, okay, I'm like, because you know, he had pressure coming from his yeah. uh, backside. Uh, he was kind of draped all over, still able to get a throw off, off his back foot. Uh, it wasn't balanced. Uh, and he threw a pretty good ball, you know, this pretty tight spiral, flat yeah. um, it, into into the moving target of, of Cole Fotheringham. That, that, that was really the play for me where I go, okay, this kid's got something. You know, that, there's something yeah. there that, that Utah can work with. And, it's never going to be perfect, you know. The pick was a great example of that. But but what you make of the handful of series Cam Cam Rising got? You know that that play in and of itself was pretty impressive, just because it shows shows us a lot more than just uh, an incredibly accurate throw, right? Like um, obviously being in the program and understanding and, and spending time in the playbook, it's more than just like understanding your reads. It, you know, you got to understand protections and, you know, what to do in the event of, you know, if a blitz comes from this direction or it comes from that direction, what you need to do. And I thought, you know, from um, from that play alone, it just showed Cameron Rising's grasp of the playbook in terms of understanding routes and protection. Right. Uh, the fact that he was able to feel the pressure coming from the left side and knowing that. You know, he didn't have anybody there to to pick it up, to pick up a late blitzer if it was coming off the edge, to to evade to his right, um, and to throw that, knowing where Cole Fotheringham was going to be, and, and just placing it where he where he did. You know, it, it was it was one of those attention grabbing throws, and it was an impressive throw. And I think uh, obviously it, it got the reaction um, on Twitter. Everybody loved it, and you know, it was. It was like, man, we've got something here for sure. And, you know, unfortunately, the uh, the uh, the turnovers happened. Um, but it's uh, it's just unfortunate that, you know, he suffered the injury uh, at the point in, in the game that he did just because, uh, you know, he had two, basically, what, two series, three yeah. series, I think is what he got was. Uh, and just, you know, he didn't <laughs> didn't really stand a chance on that sack play. Uh, unfortunately, the defensive lineman just beat the the offensive lineman pretty quickly, pretty handily, and uh, you know Cam uh, Cam unfortunately was just not able to uh, to avoid injury there, uh, re- going for the uh, for the fumbled ball, and um, you know. Uh, but in terms of what we saw from Cam, I was I was impressed, even though it was just a little bit, just impressed. And that one play that we saw him throwing it to Fotheringham was really 
I was like, okay, yeah, this, I get it. You know, you see it with Cam and, and just the full, uh, full scope of his game and where he's at with the playbook and everything like that. I feel like we got a pretty good grasp of what he's about as a quarterback on that play. Yeah. Uh, so we end up three for six, 45 total yards, seven and a half average. Um, and of course that one I N T, uh, which was yeah pretty, I just, I, I just feel sorry for him. I guess that's the bottom line. And, and if the reports are true, then we wish him a speedy recovery. Um, right. he's a happy guy. He's pretty lively and, um, it's just tough, but it's the nature of the beast that at the end of the day, it's a, it's a very violent sport. And, um, uh, and you never know which which play is going to be your last for quite some time. So um, so then Jake Bentley comes in, Steve, and I guess that's kind of a swift transition into into Jake Bentley. Um, Sixteen for twenty eight, hundred and seventy one total yards. Um, sorry if that audio came through. That would uh, be ESPN as I'm kind of reading the box score. Uh, six yard average, one touchdown, two interceptions up uh, what do you make of Bentley where, where do you want to take this you know I think obviously with Bentley I think there's just there needs to be an understanding that you know even even if he were healthy and I don't know the the complete COVID situation I was told that Cam Rising was the only quarterback um, in practice at times uh, over the last two weeks uh, and so uh, even as just QB two, he's not going to get as many reps. Um, and, you know, if he was at all impacted by, uh, you know, uh, contact tracing protocols, <laughs> he wasn't a practice at all. So uh, I think just understanding that, understanding that, you know, even as just a healthy quarterback participating in practice, he's not going to have a lot of time to get reps, to build chemistry. And, you know, with, with just how crazy this season has been, not having that time to really build that chemistry is, you know, that's, that's going to be the product that, that you see on the field, right? Like it was tough and it looked like a quarterback that, um, you know, was trying to make things happen. Um, there were some duds, like he threw some duds that we're, you're just like, okay, that wasn't a great ball, but then he made a couple of really nice throws and you're like, okay, so there's, there's something there. And I think, um, I think the thing is, is just giving him the time, giving him the practice reps um, this week and getting him that time with, with the receivers, you know, assuming that rising is out. Uh, I think that that will be, you know, beneficial. I don't know how beneficial it's going to be, I, you know, but uh, I think it'll, it'll help where if you can get four five, six more completions in a game like that, that can be all the difference. And so, uh, you know, he showed, a couple of really nice throws, but you know, he made some bonehead decisions where you're just like scratching your head wondering why you threw that. Um, but you know, I think, I think, uh, with a full week of practice and just giving him that time with the receivers, I think that that can be a positive, um, for Utah, for Bentley and for this offense. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I'd also add that because the more, you know, I'm not going to, hide from the fact that when I was watching the game, I, I, I was expecting more from Bentley. I just thought, I just thought, you know, I had an ex, I had a certain level of expectation, which was maybe sure. my, my fault. Um, but he had 33 starts in the SEC under his belt, you know, and I'm just saying like, if a quarterback's not very good, he's not going to get 33 starts in the SEC. Like there's something there that there, there just has to be something there in Bentley that he's shown in the past. Um, that he can potentially bring back. But yeah, yeah look, uh, he wasn't great. Uh, difficult situation, albeit, um, you know, to get thrown into the fire pretty early. Utah's still in the ball game. Um, like you said, hasn't had many reps leading up to the contest. So, so there, there were a number of elements that were going against Bentley. Um, and, and I would like to probably tell Utah fans to just be, be a little patient with him. Um, and maybe there's no time for that with, with the current circumstance of the Pac-12 conference and the unknown of what any given week provides. It's, it's incredibly difficult to be patient with, with, with a quarterback in 2020, but I think that's what we need to, we, we need to realize is um, 
he's had a rough couple of weeks. He hasn't had many reps in practice, and and he got right. thrown into the fire. Yeah, against USC, you know, I'm sure he wasn't expecting to play that early. Um, but it just so happened Cam's Cam's shoulder got hurt, and 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 that was that. So, so I I still have faith in Bentley. I still do think Bentley can provide. Um, some positive for Utah football in 2020. And I, I hope anyway, I, that, I hope what what we saw against USC was the worst of it. Um, but there's no question. There were some decisions, you know, he threw a couple of balls down the field, you know, these, these high arcing balls that you just, you know, triple coverage type deal. You, you don't need to be a quarterback guru to, to know that that probably wasn't the right decision to make. Uh, you know, the first interception he threw um, was, was unnecessary. I, I guess to say the yeah. least, uh, just it just there was no need to throw that ball. It wasn't a hail mary situation. It wasn't deep in the half. Or, so so I, I think you know we can both agree that the quarterback play from Bentley um, will hopefully get better o- over time. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it it just stings. It stings a lot that Cam could potentially be out for a significant time because he was the quarterback that that actually showed more in little in less snaps. Um, and he's the younger quarterback, and the future of Utah football relies heavily on his progress. So that's kind of where we're at. Now, part of the issue, Steve, is, in my opinion, the offensive line. I mean, um, the expectation on the offensive line heading into 2020 was, was high. You've got Nick Ford yeah. on, on Twitter, you know, uh, saying he feels sorry for the next opponent he's going to come up against. Carl <laughs> um, yep. Whittingham has, has been pretty vocal about how impressed he's been with and how deep the offensive line is. Uh, They were, I mean, let's not hide. I'm not going to hide behind any bullshit. They, they were deplorable. They were so bad. I mean, like they, yeah, they were really bad in my opinion. I mean, how many times, how many times Steve was the, the quarterback running back exchange, uh, try just simply trying to hand the football off to your running back gobbled immediately by a, yeah. a USC defensive lineman. And, and what makes it worse, it's not like USC was bringing too much pressure. I mean, they were rushing three, four, maybe five guys, maybe five, but predominantly four-man rushes, and they were in the backfield instantly. Uh, so, you know, it's easy to put blame on Bentley. It, it, it's easy to be upset with uh, Cam's interception. But, you know, the reason he threw that ball off his back foot was because he was so used to, to, to so much pressure already Despite being only out there for a couple of series, it was immediate from the get-go. US, uh, Utah came out, uh, got the ball first. I mean, it was immediate pressure. Uh, mm-hmm. And in my opinion, that's why Cam threw the pick. Uh, and Cam's going to be blamed for the pick. I'm not saying it's, it's, it's not Cam's fault, but I'm saying he threw the ball off his back foot when he didn't need to throw the ball off his back foot. But the reason he did it was because the, however many plays prior to that, he was, he was throwing the ball under pressure. He never yeah. once had an opportunity to set his feet, step in and throw. And so um, the offensive line were garbage. I mean, you, they couldn't hand the football off because they were gobbled immediately. How are you meant to step back three, five steps, go through your progressions? You can't do it. I mean, and, 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 yeah. and I said this like three, three, four weeks ago, Steve, if you, if you remember. Maybe it was longer than that. But I said, uh, I'm nervous about the offensive line in 2020. I said that they're the yeah, one position. I do. I remember that. Yeah. It makes me nervous. Yeah. And, and the reason is so simple. It was a great example. USC, the game against USC was such a good example. Nobody's, nobody's arguing that, that Utah doesn't have talent on the offensive side. You know, Bentley's proven that he can, he can be talented. Ty Jordan, by the way, we need to talk about him for a minute after I get done with this rant. He was, yeah. he was fun. He's fun to watch. And he's, I mean, I don't want to get too carried away, but, but he has, he has the potential to be special, you know, and you can, you can just get that sense. Uh, oh, for sure. Solomon Enos made a few nice plays early in the game. Brian Thompson, we know what he's capable of. Uh, Brant Keithy, Cole Fotheringham, Kincaid. I mean, like, you know, and I'm missing receivers. Samson Nakua made a few plays. Like, like Utah's got – you cannot run the football when your running back is being gobbled immediate, swallowed whole in the, in the, in the backfield, and your quarterback cannot go through his reads when he doesn't have time. So, so all this talk about this offense being – being uh, the future of Utah football and Utah football transitioning into an air raid. It's like, no, no, can all that. It's like, they can't even block. They yeah. can't even block. Right. It's like, oh my <laughs> goodness. Like, forget about all the talk. So here we are talking yeah. about a Utah team and the fans on Twitter, you know, we're going crazy 
Uh, and if they weren't on Twitter, I imagine they're watching the game going crazy. You've got a young defense who, who looked better than I think most people anticipated, but still young nonetheless. Uh, they're going to make many more mistakes over the coming weeks. And an offense that's filled with talent, we can't block. So what, yeah. what's the point in all the talent? You may as well not have it. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's just, it, it's infuriating uh, personally. And I feel sorry for Jim Harding because he's a good, di- he's a good guy. And I, I, I truly think he's a good coach, but uh, whatever's, whatever's leading to, um, to what happened against USC on the offensive line is, I mean, that, you, it, it, there's just no excuses for that. Yeah. You, know, you, you need to no, own absolutely. up, you need to own up to, to your troubles um, and fix it, yeah. quite frankly, because Utah's in for a long, long year if they can't. What'd you say? Yeah. No, I definitely, I, I agree with you. And I think, you know, as, as you were talking about it, it was just like, you know, it was, it was, uh, USC just had their way. It just felt like, it, it almost felt like, like going, going with the Utah Jazz here. Like Jazz fans will remember like when, when Harden and the Rockets were at their peak, like they just kind of bullied the Utah Jazz and did whatever they wanted. And like, I got that vibe just watching USC and the, and the Utah offensive line. It just, just felt like they were out there just kind of just having their way. And, and, you know, frankly, that was, that was the entire USC defensive unit. The cornerbacks were, you know, being physical and, and being super ultra aggressive against the receivers. And, uh, you know, so that was, that was the vibe that I got. And I think that was, um, you know, that was, that was disappointing to see for sure. But I think, you know, in terms of the offensive line, it's going to be up to the individuals to take accountability for their performance and, and not just as individuals, but they've got to be a collective unit and get together and take accountability as a collective group. And I think that's kind of the thing is I'm watching the offensive line it just feels like a bunch of individuals uh, out there uh, doing their best to do offensive linemen things and not actually acting and operating as, you know, as a, as an offensive line should. It, it just like, for whatever reason, I just kind of got that vibe that it just seems like, you know, certain offensive line, the, the, the offensive linemen are just acting as, as their own individuals on the line and just kind of doing, you know, what they need to, to, uh, to stand out. And, you know, when you're talking about offensive line, you have to play together. Um, you have to play uh, with chemistry, with uh, just an understanding of what the man next to you is going to do. And you have to work uh, for the man next to you. And I think that's something I'm very interested to see in terms of the growth of the offensive line uh, from week one to week two. Um just how much better is this group going to improve if they're going to improve at all really is, is now a question that we have to ask. Um, So, you know, it was definitely disappointing. And I I think the most disappointing thing, you know, we've harped on pass protection, but the most disappointing thing was the fact that they weren't able to get any push. You know, you, you referenced Nick Ford's tweet about, you know, feeling sorry for the next opponent and like, man, like, didn't show up like just didn't show up didn't didn't have your way didn't do what you needed to do uh to get things going in the run game um you know and unfortunately it was just it was talk and and it wasn't a lot of backing up uh what was said and you know I did a little breakdown I just kind of broke things down and I found this really telling was that Utah you know the Utah running backs had 106 yards rushing yards um you know, they finished with a higher number and with sacks and all of that. Uh, you know, you've got Jake Bentley's big rushing scramble that he had, but then you've got in the sacks and they finished with 119 rushing yards. But in terms of just the running backs, they had 106 rushing yards. 79 of those yards went to the right side, uh, which means um, 27 yards went to the left side. They had 11 carries to the left side which means they were only able to run for about two and a half yards per carry to the left side. And that's, that's just not going to cut it. You know, like that's, that's just not going to cut it, especially, you know, you brought up Ty Jordan. He looked fantastic. He's an electric guy. And, you know, the praise that he received through camp, like, yeah, he, he kind of validated that hype. He kind of validated the talk about him. Like he looked great. He looked explosive, you know, and, 
Devin Brumfield had a nice run. Jordan Wilmore had a nice run. Makai Bernard looked good in, in his carries. He only had a couple touches, but he went for, I think he finished with like 20 yards on those two touches. So, you know, each of these backs, like they're good. They're doing, you know, what they need to. It's just the offensive line isn't providing them with, with movement up front. They aren't creating lanes for them. And, and again, it just comes back to the, the offensive line working more as a group than as a collective of uh, a collective bunch of individuals. They need to work. They need to find a way to work together as, as one unit um, and, and get things figured out. And I, you know, and I do think that we will see improvement on the offensive side of the ball. I've, I've been doing a breakdown, you know, at Ute Zone and, and kind of looking at trends um, using, you know, our, our utilizing our friends at Pro Football Focus and their grades and just kind of how they view each Pac-12 team, you know, in their, in, in their game so far this season. And, and, you know, each of these teams that have kind of dealt with Pac-12 protocols and quarantine protocols where they've been impacted by having guys out or they've been limited in practice because of protocols like, you know, the California teams. It's interesting seeing their first game, a lot of bad grades, a lot of poor grades um, across the board, and then they get better in in week two and in week three. And so I expect the more of the same of that trend in, you know, for Utah as they prepare for whoever they – they face this week, uh, but I, I do expect this group to get better, and I do expect the offense and defense to get better as as a whole. I would uh, I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, well, to be fair, I I don't know how you get worse uh, from an offensive <laughs> yeah. line standpoint, uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean that in the most loving. Don't way. Don't tempt him, man. It's twenty twenty. You never know. <clears throat> I uh, yeah, you're right. I I do mean that in the most loving way. I, I want the big guys to do well because uh, over the years Utah's had. Solid offensive line production, um, but like, you, not to harp on this, and I, I apologize if I if I am, but the Cam Rising injury. I mean, ha- that injury happened because he was hit trying to hand the football off. You know, like uh, the second he took the snap, I can't remember if he was handing it off, but it was like immediate. You know, it was. Yeah. I mean, just come on. It's it's, it's how, how do you whiff so bad that you're not giving your quarterback like two seconds? He wasn't. Like, yeah. He didn't have two seconds. Uh, so you've got to be better because you're protecting some of the most valuable assets on any football team, the running back and the quarterback. You, you have to be able to pre- protect those guys. Um, and if you can't, you, you're just, you're just going to become irrelevant and, and you're not going to yep. become dangerous. So um, I, I, I was uh, quite disappointed uh, and I did tweet this. I thought, you know, the game reminded us just how important any productive offensive line play is. I mean, it's, it's invaluable. Uh, and it's why for years you saw a Utah offense that relied heavily on the run game. Um, because when you have an offensive line that can run protect and you have a running back that, 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 that can essentially win you games, then uh, it's just a safe recipe, you know, yeah. and it's, it's a winning formula, um, and, and and that's why you saw Utah do it for so many years. I mean, good grief, and, and fans were up in arms, you know, but now you kind of look back on those times after watching what happened at USC, and you go, well, you know, do you blame them? Do you blame them for that? I mean, it's it's kind of a luxury when when you have that. So uh, so here's hoping you, you, Utah can figure something out. Um, from a wide receiver standpoint, there wasn't a ton to – to note in my opinion. I mean, like Frank Keith, he had four receptions, I believe. Um, but, but for only like 20 something yards, I mean, he averaged just right. five yards of catch. Brian Thompson only had the two, uh, but he averaged yep. 24 yards of catch for about 50 odd yards. So you look at those guys uh, and you think they need to be a little more productive. Um, but the ball was being yeah. shared uh, a fair bit, actually. Samson Nakua, three receptions. Solomon Enos, three receptions. Um, a bunch of guys that had one reception. So, you know, they, they're doing a good job sharing the football, um, which I like. But, you know, not productive enough in my, in my opinion anyway. Um, they right. Weren't, they, weren't, they, they just didn't throw the ball. You know, 216 yards through the air is, is what ended up happening, uh, which just isn't yeah. enough. You know, you need, you need more than that. You need 250, 300 yards to, to really compete in the Pac-12 in, in today's day and age. Yeah, um, no, for sure. 
for sure. And, and just, just to your point, I want to make sure Whittingham talked about getting, you know, the ball to those playmakers and Keithy and Thompson and, and, you know, Ty Jordan, he specifically mentioned. And I, I think it, like, here's the thing is they did try to get these guys, the ball, Brent Keithy had 10 targets. Brian Thompson had five targets, you know, Ty Jordan had three, Solomon Enos had four. It's just, they weren't, they were, you know, they were just bad throws. And, you know, there were a couple of really poor throws to Brian Thompson from Jake Bentley, where, you know, it was just the timing was clearly off. Uh, same with Brent Keithy was a couple of them were just at his feet behind him. And, and, you know, that, that comes back to, um, you know, timing and, and chemistry. And so, you know, they finished with, with uh, you know, 19, 19 completions, about 57.5% completion percentage, um, or I should say reception percentage uh, in terms of the receivers, in terms of just the, the receiving grades, you know, for Utah's pass catchers. So they caught about 57.5% of all targets. Um, you know, you get that up above 60%. Um, you you get some, some chemistry with the quarterback and, you know, that, that can make a big difference. So they, they did try to get their guys the ball, but certainly they need to do a better job of executing and, and ensuring, and, you know, maybe you get Brandon involved in the running game just to ensure he gets a touch, you know, to kind of get him going. But uh, they did try to get them the ball. It's just the, the lack of chemistry and lack of execution resulted in them not getting the ball as much as, as, uh, as they, they had hoped. Yeah. So it was a frustrating evening from an offensive perspective for more than one reason. Um, but, but Steve, the defense played okay, didn't they? I mean, like, oh, you know, wow. for, for how yeah. young and inexperienced they are, you, you, you have, I mean, look, they gave up 33 points, um, which, which was unfortunate, but uh, well, I, yeah, they gave up, I guess I, I want to take kind of one touchdown off because, because the offense kind of put them in a position you know, they, with that Cam Rising injury slash fumble, you know, inside the five. Um, so if you take a touchdown off that, they still gave up 26 points, uh, which is not horrible, honestly, in, in today's brand of college football. But they had a, a, a bunch of guys really step up. I thought uh, Clark Phillips was was really quite impressive. He had a few plays where he probably is kicking himself watching it back on on tape uh nephi sewell steve my word i mean we, we Boy, knew what have to yourself expect. a day yes we we knew what to expect from devon lloyd at the linebacking position but there was this massive question mark on nephi sewell um massive question mark i can't emphasize that enough and he showed up i mean why did anybody doubt a sewell steve that family, it's in their blood. It's in their DNA. It's what they were born to do. And uh, hopefully that trend continues for Nephi Sewell. He, he was special. Yeah, no, definitely. Nephi Sewell was special. He, I, I loved, and I love the game plan too, was, you know, Utah was focused on, on keeping, um, just keeping everything in front of them, right? Like we saw some different things from the defense than what we're used to seeing. We saw, a lot of cover two. We saw a lot of cover three. Uh, just in, just to keep, you know, USC's pass catchers in front of them. And I think that allowed the guys underneath to make some plays. You know, that allowed Nephi Sewell, Sione Fotu, who I thought was really impressive as a true freshman to make some plays. He had a an incredible pass breakup in the goal line uh, or in the red zone against Drake London, who's, you know, he's a six foot five, 210 pound, you know, shooting guard <laughs> receiver type. And, and so Nephi Sewell, uh, Sione Fotu, Devin Lloyd led the team in tackles. We had high expectations of him. And, you know, I said before the game that I, I thought he would surpass 10 tackles. And, uh, and here we are, he finished with 11. And, you know, you want to see that from him. You want to see him being that productive. Uh, and so, um, and he was, and, and that's what you want to see. The defensive line, Man, what can you say about that group, right? Like, they just seem to reload. Uh, USC was averaging 174 rushing yards, uh, and, and Utah held them to, I think, what was it, like 96 rushing yards on the game? Yeah. Uh, so just just a great job from them, just continuing that tradition of being strong up front, limiting the running game, and, uh, and, and you know, the guys up front did a good job. There were some issues, like – 
I don't know what it is, but, and I think it's, they're just kind of coached this way, just that kind of caged rush where they collapse the pocket and that's their goal is just to collapse the pocket. But would have been nice to see more guys get off blocks and work, you know, some hand fighting techniques and, and work to get off blocks a little bit more. But, you know, you can't complain about the production and the result uh, from the defensive line and the game that they play. They, they, you know, they did a good job, all things considered. Um, but, man, just it's, it's crazy, right? Like, I don't think the result was, was much of a surprise. We both talked about it on, on last week's episode. We thought USC was going to win, um, you know, and, and probably win comfortably. But how it happened, right? I think that's where we're surprised is it's the fact that it was the offense that, that let down and, and it was the defense that actually played really well. And so just kind of funny how things happen. Uh, but, you know, it, it just seems like the constants at Utah, you know, for Utah football remain in place. And, you know, the defense is, is going to be better than maybe what we, what we thought coming into the season. And I think that's an exciting thing considering, you know, what they have on that side of the ball. No question, man. I mean, like, Brew McCoy, Tyler Vaughn, Damon Rasse Brown, Drake London. They're, 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 that's the best quad ride receiving quad, whatever. I mean, I don't know. They're the best four wide receivers on any given team that Utah's going to face this year. Um, it's probably the best wide receiving core in the Pac 12 yet again, I, I would argue. I mean, I'm trying to think off, off the top of my head who may compete with them, but, you know, they're, they're four of the more talented kids going around so so for utah with 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 such a young group i mean nate ritchie true freshman starting at at safety uh, clark phillips the third true freshman starting on an island at defense at, at cornerback it's like uh, kudos to those guys for stepping up and uh, and just going about their business putting their hard hat on and and getting to work because i i look i thought they were i thought they were very impressive and um and that that is an incredibly difficult task right out of the gate to to tell your young secondary to go cover the the likes of the four names i just mentioned um and so i think look there's certainly optimism there for utah football fans to go um and and sleep well on because it's going to take time and there are going to be a lot of mistakes made over the coming weeks i have no question but uh but but for a first outing, uh, it ticked all the boxes for me. I I, I was certainly nervous uh, for that young secondary. Not just knowing yeah. the talent on the other side of the ball uh, on USC's offense. I, I, and Keaton Slovis hasn't had his great a great year thus far. High expectations coming in, but you know, pretty stout quarterback with with four receivers that are just insanely athletic talented really have all the attributes um if, if you ask me anyway so uh, that's the positive special teams was uh, it was okay uh yeah. Jaden redding made made a nice 36 yard field goal that was his only attempt uh P- benny punting was wasn't great 36 yard average he's better than that i i got look i i got a lot of tweets as well on saturday night you know saying can you help the punter out can you help the punter out it's like I can, uh, but I'm not welcome at practice. Uh, so it makes it hard, you know, but, but I see him enough and I hang out with, with Benny enough and we're good friends. He's one of the nicest, if not the nicest bloke I've ever met. Uh, and we sit down and talk about punting all, all, all the time, but I'm not allowed to practice. So I'm not there to like see him live and help him Yeah, adjust. So it's like, I guess keep tweeting at me if you really want me to help him, but I, I can't do much. Uh, we went down to like, I don't, you know, it's like, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I'm working with him, but I'm kind of handcuffed with what I'm allowed to do and what I can't do. So, uh, but I do think he'll be better. 36 yard average, not good enough. Um, and he knows that. So we move forward. Uh, Steve, let's go uh, game balls. Who's your offensive game ball going to? Man. Tough question. Uh, <laughs> and it sucks to say that. Um, you know, but, I mean, it's uh, – I'll go Brian Thompson. You know, I, difficult matchup game one against that USC secondary and just the sheer talent that they have in that secondary. It's 
you know, it's five star, five star, five star, five star, right? Like these guys are talented. They're gifted. It was a difficult matchup. They came in playing with a lot of confidence and a lot of swagger and they were going to do what they were going to do. But I thought Brian, Brian Thompson fared well enough where I feel comfortable in, in him moving forward, right? Like I do think he's going to get better as he builds chemistry with Bentley uh, potentially still and, and that. So I'm going to give the game ball to, to Brian Thompson. I liked what I saw and the few opportunities he had to catch, to catch balls. Um, but he definitely looks like he's capable of, of leading the way for this receiving group. I would agree with that. And I do apologize. I, I kind of didn't tell you uh, prior to recording that I'd ask you that. <laughs> no, question. you're good, man. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll go Ty Jordan. I'll go the true freshman. Yeah. Uh, I thought Ty Jordan was really quite electric, uh, fun to watch. And I'm excited. Elated for him and uh, the potential future he has at the Utah football program. And then, of course, beyond that, I mean, I think he's already showing enough through one game, which is, again, trying not to get too carried away. But, you know, if he, if he develops sure. uh, and progresses um, over the handful of years that he's here, I mean, there's no question he has, he has NFL talent, speed, sure. feistiness. You know, he's not, not afraid. He, he's a true freshman, and, he, and he's yeah. engaging in contact. You know, that, yeah. that is, you don't see that all the time. Like, kind of crazy. He had, yeah, he, so he took a swing pass or something. Yeah, it was a swing pass. He was out in the flat, spun out of one tackle, and then he's like seeking out Talanoa Hafunga and just pops him real good with the shoulder, right? Like, uh, and you love to see that because Hafunga is, you know, he's a physical guy. He's guy he loves to come he, down. Um, was he, was he out of Oregon? Yes. Okay. Yes, Utah that's the recruited guy. him quite heavily. Hard. Yeah. yeah hard. They wanted him hard. Yeah, yeah. He was. He's a really good player, and so you know he plays with that that physicality that reminds you of like a Marquise Blair, yeah. right? Like that's the type of player he is. And so Ty Jordan wasn't afraid, man. He went right after him and and gave him a nice little thump in. So and and the thing about Ty Jordan, you know, it's so good to see him having success already because he's had a he's had a difficult couple of years. He's lost his mom uh, recently to cancer. And so, you know, he, that was a big deal during his recruitment. He committed to Texas uh, first because he wanted to stay close to the family, but Utah just continued to, to recruit him because they wanted him to be a part of the Utah family. Uh, And they knew that they, they would do their, go out of their way to take care of him and to see him have success early on uh, really good uh, for him because you know, that's only you're only going to see him get better as time goes on for sure. Yeah, that yeah, no, it was it was really exciting. I, I was kind of jumping yeah. on the couch with excitement, uh, with, with just how poised he is for, for such a young man. Uh, my defensive game ball, I, I, I'm going to give that to uh, and, and and by the way, Steve, you're allowed to agree with me, you, you, you don't have to kind of because I, I feel like I'm stealing this one a little bit, but but I just thought Nephi Sewell was was probably the guy. I, I guess you could argue maybe Devin Lloyd, but. You know, Devin Lloyd's expectations are so high. Uh, you know, he, he ended up 11 tackles. You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of like the, the bar for Devin Lloyd, isn't it? 10 tackles or less, and he's yeah. in a great game. Um, last year, playing alongside uh, Francis Bernard, he, he, he was you know, notching 15, 16, 17 tackles a game. So, uh, but, but I just didn't see Nephi Sewell playing the, t- the type of game he did. I, I just thought he, he looked the part, you know, maybe more importantly, yeah. you know, there was concern that he's a safety playing linebacker and he's sure he's put on a little bit of weight, but is it enough to kind of throw it around with the big boys? And, and my goodness, yeah, he was in and amongst, you know, a lot of plays, you know, far more yeah. putting his hat on the, on the ball carrier and uh, calls and fumbles. I mean, he was uh, scooping and scoring. I mean, it was, um, I thought it was, I thought it was an, an exceptional game. So Nephi Sewell would be, to me anyway, the obvious candidate on defense. What, what do you think? Yeah, no, I think that's you know great selection. I you know if if I were going to go somewhere else, I would probably go Devin Lloyd. But that's really difficult because I also liked what Sione Fotu brought to the field as a true freshman, and so I think you, you saw what we saw from the linebacking group, um, you know, on Saturday, and there's a lot to be excited about. Um, with with Fotu and and with Nephi Sewell, he's more of a safety than he is a linebacker, I think. Still, and and I think even Whittingham alluded to that in the post game press conference was that you know they went with more of a three safety look and two corners just to kind of match up with the size of of the USC receivers a little bit better, which is why we saw 
you know, Nate Ritchie, Vontae Davis, and, uh, and Nephi Sewell in there. But I think if Nephi Sewell can, you know, it's hard to, it's going to keep, it's going to be hard to keep him off the field if he keeps playing like that. Really yeah. good first game for him. And, and you, you want to see that from him. But, you know, I will, I'll give the game ball to Devin Lloyd. I liked what he brought to the field. Obviously, the production with 11 tackles, I thought he was good. Uh, he also got in the backfield and, and did some things there. But just overall, I really impressed with the linebacking group on that defense side of the ball. Yeah, uh, I like that. Um, there, there's a lot of optimism out there for Utah fans. So I know you're hurting on a, on a Monday, but, but remember, it's a short week. Sad, man. It's a short Sad. week. It's a short week, guys. We got Thanksgiving this upcoming uh, Thursday, gobble, gobble. And then hopefully most of you get Friday off as well the day after Thanksgiving. Hey, Steve, I'm going to put you on the spot again. Uh, and this is your segment, okay? This is I, I've just come up with this in my head uh, on the fly. Um, after every game, uh, towards the end of any episode, and, and this will probably do it for us uh, this, this time. We'll be back again in a couple of days, but bear with us. Uh, I, I want you to give you grades. I want you to give offensive, defensive, and, and special teams grades. Three grades. Um, and I'm going to write them down, and I'm going to tally them. And then at the end of the season, we can kind of figure out, uh, based on the grades you gave, where Utah ended up the year, what they averaged the most, um, what the median is, essentially. So what would your offensive grade be for this past week against USC? Uh, you know, honestly, I would give the offensive D. Uh, just they didn't do what you know we all kind of expected them to do obviously the 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 injury to Cameron Rising factors into that as well uh and just kind of the product that we saw on the field uh but all things considered you know coming into the game um and what we saw on the field i would give the offense a d okay uh defense and b plus for me uh, really impressed. And, you know, maybe that's a product of having low expectations coming into the year uh, because they still gave up, you know, a good amount of points. Um, but the offense put them in some tough situations. Uh, they, they limited the USC offense to, you know, a considerably less amount of total yardage. And that was, that was impressive. They made plays when they needed to. So I'm going to go bleep, I'm going to go B plus. Okay. Uh, and then finally special teams. Oh man. Uh, I'll go C minus. I'm not going to be too critical just because we didn't see a lot of them. Yep. Uh, but obviously we, we want to see more from the punter and want to see more juice out of that leg. Uh, but obviously Jaden Redding connected on, on the field goal. We saw Samson Nakua with a nice little return. So, you know, I'll go, I'll go C minus. I like that. I like that a lot. Hey, this podcast, uh, for those that, that forget, boy, I feel like we talk about Nate Wade Subaru more than we do Utah football sometimes, but, uh, <laughs> they really are a treat, honestly, in all seriousness, they sponsor this podcast. So the reason it happens, uh, we, we love them dearly in all seriousness. Uh, and, and with the weather changing, I, I'm just telling you, if you have any concerns about the current vehicle you're in or, well, you just want to go look and see what they have, you know, because you know, with, with, with Black Friday around the corner, this is kind of the time of year where, where special deals come into play and, um, and they have them. I'm just telling you that they've got them. So uh, head on down and, and, just, and just say g'day and check them out. They, they also have um, uh, the, share, the Share the Love event going on right now uh, all the way up until January. So, so special deals down at Nateway Super. It's 1207 South Main Street. You can check them out online. Uh, NetwaySubaru.com as well. Uh, they do ask that you wear a mask, stay socially distant, uh, bring some hand sanitizer if you have it. They've got it there, but but just be safe. You know, Utah needs your help, um, and and Nateway Subaru, I guess, would appreciate it more than you know. So we we appreciate that, Steve. Uh, thanks thanks for jumping on, dog. For uh, oh know, yeah, the, bro. However many minutes we were on here, it's probably closer to forty in the end. But um, there was a lot to break down. There was a lot happening. It was the first game of the year. We were excited. Um, I guess my final my final comments to Utah fans out there would be to just stay patient. Um, yeah. And and again, I, I I tweeted this during the game because I think it's really important. Just keep your expectations low for twenty twenty. Um, don't expect to play many games. You've got an incredibly young defense that's showing promise, but by me, you know, they're going to make mistakes. And they're probably going to make some pretty bad mistakes uh, that yep. result in touchdowns. Uh, your offensive line has a lot of work to do, clearly. Um, 
and to be patient, keep your expectations low and celebrate the small victories. Cause I think that's what's most important in 2020. Celebrate the small victories when they come, celebrate them. There just aren't that many these days. So, um, Steve, uh, anything for you before we, we sign off? No, I just would co-sign that. Just be patient with this group. Obviously, it's kind of a, a, a crazy year, especially with the, the COVID-19 stuff that these, these teams are dealing with. But, you know, be patient and allow this team to kind of work through uh, work through the games, work through the practices, and kind of get their feet wet and kind of work through the mistakes, right? I think that's kind of the thing that we we need to allow this team to do is – they're going to make mistakes, as you said. We need to allow them to work through that. And I think if we just, like you said, lower our expectations and just kind of take the season for what it is and, and enjoy the successes, enjoy the progress that this team is going to make, um, you know, it's it's going to set up nicely down the road and, and in the future. So, you know, it sucks to say that because you're coming off back-to-back South Division titles. You always want to be competitive, and this team – will be competitive. They're not going to get blown out each and every week. They're going to be competitive, but you know, it's, it's going to be an up and down road. It's going to be a roller coaster. And, and so just, you know, enjoy the season as much as you can and uh, just allow this team uh, have some patience and allow this team to just kind of work through things. Yep. I like that. Utah, whether you like it or not, ain't winning championships in the year 2020. He's Steve Bartle. I'm Tom Hackett. We'll be back, boy, in a couple days with hopefully a preview of the upcoming opponent, ASU or Washington. It's still kind of up in the air. We don't have really any any solidified answer to that, although there is speculation Arizona State this upcoming Sunday is what it will likely be. But that's not 100% pen to paper yet. So uh, we'll be back in a couple of days. Be safe. We love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.